As always, thank you for for showing up today. I'm really excited for the meditation. We're going to continue building on the inner guide meditation that we did last week. And so, like I just had you all do with tidying up your space, the first preliminary to meditating is to do just that, to clean up the area around you. And as often as the case, if we're trying to study for an exam, if we just start cleaning the house by keeping our outside world in order, it helps our mind be in order as well. Another thing that is a preliminary to meditating is, and this is a very broad one, it's living an ethical life. And so one of the biggest obstacles to meditating is if every time you sit down and you close your eyes, you're plagued with the decisions that you made that hurt other people, or if you were constantly interrupting people's minds and causing harm, it's going to be harder for you to sit down and actually quiet your own mind. I think I've mentioned this in the past that, you know, when we do things that we really regret and that that carry a heavier weight, it's hard for us to sit down and actually get our minds quiet, let alone try to bring our minds to, to higher ideas. So that's another preliminary. And so today I'm going to try to give you all some additional space with each of the prompts. And like I said last week, the goal is to start developing your own relationship with each mental movement, right? And and this week, what I really want to emphasize is when we create our paradise to infuse it with a sense of urgency and to infuse all of our meditations with a sense of urgency and Whenever I sit down and meditate, I kind of go through three thought patterns that I think are really powerful. The one is I take what's called Buddhist refuge, and I'll go over this at the end of class, but it's taking refuge in the idea of the Dharma or wisdom, the idea that I can find the knowledge that I need to move my mind to a better place, the Sangha or my community that I look around and Charlie and Matt are following a similar similar path and I can find solace in the fact that I'm not the only one meditating and trying to to better my mind. And then the third part of refuge is taking refuge in the Buddha or the idea of a perfect being or somebody who, if we think logically about our mind, was able to create a mind that was 100% positive feelings, thoughts, and emotions. So there was not a single thought of insecurity, doubt anything in the in the mind of somebody who's perfected their mind. So that's the first thing. I take refuge in those concepts and I try to walk through each of those. And then the next thing is taking refuge in the idea of karma and emptiness. And we do this through visualizing our paradise. It's the idea that everything is a product of my mind. And because everything is a product of my mind, I have the opportunity to change it. So the annoying boss isn't annoying from their own side. They're annoying because something in my mind sees them as annoying. And the proof of that is if my dog was in the room, my dog wouldn't see annoying boss. If that boss's mother was in the room, she wouldn't see annoying boss, she'd see loving son. So it's taking refuge in the idea that everything in my world comes from my mind. And with that comes the responsibility of accepting it but also comes the opportunity to change it. If it wasn't coming from our mind, then we'd be powerless to it. 
And then the final thought pattern that I like to move my mind to before I meditate is to think about death and to bring my mind to the idea that death is certain, that no matter what, I will die. The time of my death is completely unknown. And by trying to pull my mind to those facts, it brings a sense of urgency to the meditation because this could be the last time I meditate. Trying to infuse that last time feeling throughout my day. So if I sit down and meditate in the morning, I like to try to imagine that what if this was the last day I was alive? And if you really think about that and you let it sink into your soul a little bit, nothing would really change from an actual action standpoint. If you knew you were going to die today, maybe you would go out and do crazy things. But if I really think about how I would, if I was going to die today, what I wouldn't change is just how I lived. I wouldn't change what I was doing. I would change how I interacted with the woman that I ordered my coffee with. I would try to infuse that with meaning and I'd try to infuse that with kindness. At dinner with my partner, I tried to be so present and notice what I love about them and think about how amazing it is to share this meal. And so I like to move my mind through those three thoughts at the beginning of every meditation. And those in combination get the mind ready to really sink in. And so we'll, we'll pause there and we'll dive in. So I'd encourage you to, as always, get a straight posture. <sighs> Imagining there's a string pulling on the crown of your head, pulling your head up straight, your spine erect. Gently folding your hands in your lap or placing them on your knees, whichever feels better for you. If you're on a chair, coming to the edge of your seat so your back is unsupported. If you're on a cushion, coming into lotus or half lotus, if that's in your practice. And taking some nice deep inhales and some audible exhales. Allowing the exhales to release the body anywhere that you might be holding tension. And now, let's bring our awareness to the crown of our head. Seeing if we can relax our scalp and smooth out any wrinkles in our forehead. Relaxing all the muscles in our face and releasing any need to emote, to smile, or to give any kind of expression 
Hey, Jazz, can you turn that off? And then bringing that awareness further down your body to your neck. Noticing where it connects to your skull. And if you've been staring down at a computer or a phone, noticing the fatigue in those muscles. Going down your shoulders, your arms, going down your chest and your abdomen. Going down your back. Noticing your seat and its connection to the cushion or chair. Going down your thighs, your knees. Finally, noticing your feet and your toes. And taking a moment to investigate the formlessness of sensation. with our bodies relaxed. Allow yourself to be as still as possible for the remainder of this meditation. See if you can leave your body behind and let your mind move to somewhere else. Now, I invite you to go to your personal paradise. 
try to incorporate all of your senses And now invite in your teacher. And they come seated, mirrored in front of you. And rest your mind on the qualities that you admire in them. And now with your teacher in front of you, you give them a gift. Noticing them receiving it, enjoying it. And looking your teacher in the eye. You tell him about something that's been weighing heavy on your heart. Something you regret.
And as I listen to it, that thing that's been weighing you down is gone. Now, you look to your teacher and you celebrate some goodness that you've done. And they erupt in celebration. Their happiness is palpable. Now you sit and you ask your teacher, what do I need to know? And you bow in gratitude for the wisdom of your teacher. And you ask them, can you please stay? Can you please look over me in every moment of the day and whisper in my ear, the realizations I need to hear. And they nod.
and they turn around to face the same direction as you, slowly fading off into the distance till they become a tiny pinprick of light. And that light arches till it reaches the crown of your head. And it drips down till it rests in the center of your heart. You think of some goodness that you shared with your teacher and you give it to somebody who needs it. You dedicate this time spent meditating to someone who can't find inner peace. in your own time, coming back to the breath. Coming back to the body Bringing some tiny movement into the tips of your fingers. Before you open your eyes, you think of one thing that you will do spread goodness today. One tiny little thing that you can do to spread love and positivity. And once you have that in your heart, you can come back to the room Come back to the sensations. Whenever you're ready, you can open your eyes. Move your body. As always, thank you. It is an honor to be able to guide you in meditation 
I'd encourage you over this next week. Last week, I, I invited you to spend more time with your teacher. This week, I'd invite you to experiment with amplifying your motivation to meditate. So if in this meditation, we're actively perfecting our mind by building the qualities that we want more of, we can amplify our motivation to meditate, whatever that might be, with the knowledge that we will die. And I know it's kind of grave, but just by bringing to mind in the morning the fact that we will die and that we do not know when that will happen, it makes that meditation so much more important because here is this valuable time that I've set aside to perfect my mind and by doing so, it will literally affect every single thing in my reality, my perception of everything. And so in some ways, by sitting down and looking inward, it is the most radical thing you could be doing. You know, instead of jumping off an airplane or bungee jumping, sitting down and meditating is the most crazy thing you could do. If you wanted to, if you knew that today was your last day alive. So thank you again. Let me know if you have any questions.